I just want to talk to you about developing uh, your prayer life. We're going into a really different season. Some of these things, and I may put some of this on my podcast at some point, but we are really, and people don't understand where we are. And I tell you, Americans are not ready for what's coming. See how quiet it gets. Americans are not ready for what's coming. And I don't even like to tell you that, but that's what I feel. Now, God will hide things from you. In fact, you hear me quote, often quoted thing from A.B. Simpson. He said, the veil that hides our future is woven by the hand of mercy. Some things God won't show you because you can't handle it. Uh, you, you had to overthink it. And God doesn't want us to overthink anything. He wants us to pray about everything and have an expectation that regardless of what comes, it's going to meet us, right? But, but I'm telling you, we're going into an era of time. We're leaving, here's where we're at, and you've heard me say this. Let me say it again. We're leaving the age of grace. 2,000 years, the age of grace started when Jesus rose from the dead. The church age began, and we've been preaching the gospel of the grace of God. Now we're going to preach uh, two, two different things, not only the gospel of the grace of God, but we're going to start emphasizing, and he's going to deal with pastors and church, those that minister the word, going to start dealing with it, not only minister the gospel of the grace of God through the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary, but also the gospel of the kingdom of God that Jesus uh, the Jesus who died, who came, died, was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father is coming back to make everything right and judge all of the elements of wrong. How many hear me? Now, that's an age of judgment we're going into. Don't let it scare you because we're the people of God and Jesus has Jesus inherited our judgment. Aren't you glad? He became our sin. He became the judgment for all of the mess we involved ourselves in so that we can be free and non-judged. Is that good news? So having said that, we're going into an era of judgment and justice. It's really going to be quite different, not like anybody thinks. It's going to culminate I mean, in hell on wheels, you're talking about billions of people dying. So, so right now, I'm tell, there's a spirit of evangelism that God wants to put on the body of Christ. And, and the things that kind of suit that up a little bit is the hardships that are coming. So just be aware. I don't want to get in the weeds too far of that, but we're, we're in the time in between. Here's the grace, grace era. We're going into a judgment era before Jesus comes back. And before the worst happens, we're going to be raptured away, whatever your scheme of when the rapture is going to occur. And, you know, don't make it a pet because somebody's going to upset your pet. You know, just, it's going to happen. And, you know, listen, I preach it a certain way, but if it doesn't happen the way I preach it, I'll say, hip, hip, hooray. Let her happen, Lord, right? So just be aware the most important thing uh, that we're going to do this year is develop your prayer life. So, so, so the dumbest thing to do this year is not pray. And, and, and just, just you, to use the adage, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Uh-uh, don't do that. If you do that, the enemy can have his way in your life, your family, your finances, your stuff. Don't do that. Don't coast. It is not a year. From here on out, don't coast spiritually. Most, is this true to say this? Is it true to say that, that uh, 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 maybe a majority of Christians in America coast? Would that be misspeaking? Huh? So, see, that makes me ask myself, am I coasting? Have you ever coasted spiritually? That is, you're not really pushing. You're not really doing anything, just kind of, you know, you're just kind of living and figuring, well, God's will is going to be done. Don't think that way. 
God's will will be done when we ask him for his will to be done in us and we make room for his will. Otherwise, the enemy's will. Listen, the devil's pressing a lot right now. He really thinks that he's going to take over the world, combine all the nations together, combine all the money together, make all the laws the same in every nation. That's what's being pushed. That's what's being promoted. And there are people in our nation in leadership that actually want that to happen. How many already knew that? So, you, you know, we got to stand against that. And God needs his people. We're supposed to be salt and light. So anyway, said all that to say, man, it's time to press, pray, move. And I want to talk to you about one element of your prayer life um, tonight. And it's praying in the spirit because it's something I do a lot. Romans 12, 12, Phillips translation says this, base your happiness on your hope in Christ. When trials come, endure them patiently. Then it ends with uh, just one phrase, steadfastly maintain the habit of prayer. So, so ask yourself as I get into this, is prayer a habit for you? If it's not, develop the habit. That is one of the most important habits that you will ever create. Habits are something that you do in rote without thinking. Uh, it's like second nature. Most of us, if I ask you a few questions, you have to think, well, which shoe do you put on first in the morning? Um, which leg goes in your britches first? Uh, do, do you uh, button your shirt from the top uh, to the bottom, bottom top? You know what I'm saying. Which arm do you put? You know, so I'm just saying that we, we do things in rote, and that's habit, and, and God gives us the capacity of habit, so life won't be uh, uh, crazily boring uh, so, so what if we developed a prayer habit to that, to the effect that regardless of what happens, instead of worrying, instead of wondering, instead of complaining and whining, we pray about it first. So, so to me, maintaining a habit of prayer and pra- prayer is really difficult. I've said some of these things over and over, but they bear repeating. Now, prayer is a difficult thing. One of the most difficult thing, things you'll do is to learn to pray. And you have to learn to pray. It's kind of like learning to ride a bicycle. It's kind of like learning to drive a car. You can tell somebody about riding a bicycle. You can tell somebody about driving a car. But you've got to get in that seat and start pedaling that bike. And you've got to get in there and get behind the steering wheel and start driving that car to really learn how. So, so there's some elements of prayer. you just got to get in there and go through the bump and grind of making it happen. And sometimes you don't do it right. That, and how many know God's got a lot of grace? He wants you to learn to pray. So again, I've said this, but we're talking, when you're praying, you're talking to an invisible God who's not visible to the three-dimensional world. He, he's more real than we are. But we just can't see him. And you can't hear him with your physical ears. So, so every way we operate naturally, we don't operate spiritually Although sometimes he invades the sense realm and you can sense his presence and that kind of thing. But most of the time you don't. So that's why faith is such an important element of praying and walking with God. How many understand that? So, so, so just having said what I just say, see, that's something to learn. You got to learn if you're a feeling oriented person. And now most of the world is very feeling oriented, experience oriented. The young people in our, in our nation, in the colleges, universities, uh, they're, they're being trained to be feeling oriented. It's a crazy time. I mean, I mean what I'm saying is truth. And uh, everything is oriented to the now. Everything is not oriented to waiting. You want it right now. And it's just really crazy. So see, when you operate spiritually, you got to detach. You got to unhook from those expectations and understand the kingdom of God operates differently. So in my, you know, I came to the Lord at 18 
So we got 18, 19, I started attending uh, Bible college, actually 18 at night, that's where I met Susan at night classes. And then when I was 19, I attended my first Bible school, met Susan. And uh, when I was 20, 20 got married, turned 21 the next month, and then, you know, went to another Bible school and then to three. So I'm just saying that in my formative years, um, uh, learning to pray was, was a pretty big deal. And I had prayed, I mean, I prayed now I laid me down to sleep when I was a kid, you know, God is great, God is good over my food. And pray the Lord's Prayer at church about every Sunday and, and knew about all that. But to really develop prayer, most people do not develop, develop in prayer because they don't know how. Uh, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a tremendous assist in your prayer life. How many hear me? If you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and you don't exercise the gift of praying with the unknown tongue that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need that. And you can have it before you leave tonight if you want it. Is that good? I mean, you get it. All you got to do is come up to me and say, I want that. So, you know, I'm really glad that the Lord uh, baptized and helped me be baptized with the Holy Spirit at 18. Uh, it just changed my world. I mean, I spent 18 years in church without it. I promise you, that is the biggest assist. And the biggest assistance from the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me is the ability to pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. So I've taken that to task, and I pray in the Spirit a lot. So I want to go there a minute and talk to you about how to do that. But I want some principles to kind of see, sink in. So, you know, in, any person, if you like uh, sports, if you like football, basketball, football season, you know, is uh, raging right now. I love tennis. I play tennis, have played tennis. I love tennis. I, love, I just love the game. Uh, but anybody that's uh, proficient in any sport, uh, boy, they've had to work over and over and over again. You got to, you, and if you're playing basketball, you got to keep shooting those hoops till you know you can almost do it in your sleep. You know, you just uh, so so you can make the and the same thing with football, same thing with basketball, uh, you know, soccer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you only get proficient by practice, and and you just got to keep doing this, and and the same same principles apply. In, in our prayer life, you just got to keep going there. And some days you'll have great days praying. Some days it's just like, that wasn't great at all. You know, and you just get tired, get dry mouth, get hungry. And uh, some days, you know, you can tune your mind in. You tune, some days you can tune it out, tune into God. Other days your mind's bombarding you with 5,000 things that sinks. You had those things happen, right? So all of us have. You have on days and off days in prayer. And the key is just don't quit. See, life is really good to the person who doesn't quit, just doesn't quit. So it's not the smartest people that win in life. It's not the ones that have the most education. In fact, I know a lot of educated idiots. I shouldn't say that, but let's take the way it is. But you know, you know what life's good to? People who say, you know what, doggone it? I ain't going to quit. I am not going to stop. And there's nothing in hell is going to keep me from quitting. It's going to make me quit. Like, keep me going. Now, I'm going to go. So if you just have that attitude with your prayer life, you know, just take it. You're going to have good days, bad days, amazing days. The glory of God falls on days. But then you have a lot of in-between days where it's like, okay, pray, <laughs> you know. And it seems like nothing's happening. But here's what I found out. The days that I thought nothing was happening and I was just going through the motions, I've had some of the greatest manifestations of answered prayer from those days. 
Did y'all hear what I just said? It's amazing. So let me talk about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit's that way. Praying in the Spirit is praying in other tongues, praying with the unknown tongue. Uh, if that's something new to you, get accustomed to it. You need that. And I just got to start being extremely bold about this because Jesus said you receive power when the Holy Ghost has come on you. And you'll be witnesses to this power that comes with that experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that power has to do with your prayer life and being the aid that comes with your prayer life and praying in the Spirit. When we pray in other tongues, again, I've mentioned this so many times that I took a night during our um, fasting time and prayer here to talk about this. But I want to go over some ground a little bit further and, and develop the thoughts a little bit deeper. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, 14, 2. Uh, when I pray in tongues, I don't speak to men, but God, no man understands me. However, in the spirit, I speak divine secrets. Um, uh, uh, my favorite's amplified secret truths, hidden things, not obvious uh, to the understanding. So we're praying about things when we pray in the spirit that your mind doesn't know about. So I'm going to develop this point and refine it a good bit. Just a second here. Then first Corinthians 14, 14 uh, if I pray, my spirit, Amplified says, by the Holy Spirit in me prays, but my mind is unfruitful, um, uh, bears no fruit and helps nobody, Amplified says. Y'all can look at the screen and see if I was right. But anyway, I think that's what it says. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway that, that's an amazing thing. So when I'm praying in the spirit, it's a spiritual exercise. It's not a mental exercise. So listen, you won't fu- be fu- feel fulfilled mentally and many times emotionally when you're praying in the Spirit. And it most of the time doesn't produce feelings. It's a spiritual exercise. You get it? So I need to almost bear that point in a little bit further because we are such a feeling-oriented culture, and we don't feel like we met God unless we feel Him. No, no, no. You have feelings. I have feelings are wonderful. But if I have no feeling, I trust God. Jesus said to Thomas, Blessed are they, they have not seen yet believe. You know what he could have said? Blessed are those that don't feel anything, but keep acting like everything's like you said it is, Lord. Did you get that? So, so in your prayer life, you really, you got to be that way. And praying in the spirit particularly, it is a, everybody say it's a spiritual exercise. Okay, let me say it this way. It's a spiritual exercise that produces natural results. Yeah, so, so, so if you're looking to get some feeling, looking to get a rush, looking to get high, dude, you're looking at the wrong thing. Get your mind off feelings. Get our mind on, on God and the spirit realm. Here's what happens. Praying in the spirit affects the spiritual world. How many hear me? And uh, First, and then the spiritual world affects the natural world, right? So, so it's not designed to make you feel good. It's designed to produce results. Praying in the Spirit. Hear what I just said? So, so I found this out, and I found this out. I, you know, I, I didn't have anybody come say, Mitch, here's how you pray. You know, even my pastors didn't talk a lot about praying in the Spirit. Now, Kenneth Hagin did when I went to his school. I mean, he just really, you know, he had books on it and talked about it a lot. And uh, he just loved that subject, but that's about the only person that I knew that would really talk about it to any great degree. And so I read that a good bit. And, you know, when we were in Tulsa, we frequented his meetings. And, but other than that, I just had to figure out, God, how you do this. But I just knew that I knew as a young man, I need to be doing this. Now, the results are amazing. So when we pray in the Spirit, that's our spirit talking to God 
uh, bypassing our mind and our spirit when we pray in the spirit is auctioned and, and moved by the Holy Spirit. Who is God? Who knows everything, right? I'm making a point now. I want to read this. This is, uh, and I just put this in my notes, Philip's translation of 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. Listen, but as it is written, I has not seen, you've heard this before plenty, nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now listen to what that verse is saying. That verse is saying, look, eyes not seen, ear heard. Your senses don't pick up on everything God's doing. That's what he's saying. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. It's not entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You don't get it through the eye gate, through the ear gate, through the feeling gate. The five senses don't pick up God. But he says, um, um, but God has through the Spirit let us share his secret. Then, for nothing is hidden from the Spirit, not even the deep wisdom of God. Watch this. For who could really understand a man's inmost thoughts except the Spirit of man himself? Now listen. Your spirit knows things about you that you don't know. Now watch this. And when you're born again and the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, then we literally have a being living in us. I mean, you know, King James, the Holy Ghost. He's in you. And he knows your future. He also knows what's going to be happening and where you will be and how will it affect you, how it will affect your family, how it will affect your finances, how it will affect your physical well-being. And he knows where you're going to be, the proximity of your location all the time at any point in the future. Yes or no? He also knows what happenings, events are going to come your way. So watch, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying about things that you don't know, but God knows. Things that you don't know, but the Holy Spirit in your human spirit knows. Things that your head doesn't know, but inside you intuitively you have a sense, right? So when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying about stuff. So, for instance, you're not married. You pray in the Spirit. I mean, you're shelling the corn. You're praying in tongues. <laughs> well, you know what? You could be praying about your future mate. You also could be praying about that person who's going to try to sideline you. And it'd be the wrong person. The worst thing you ever did was marry that person. Or date that person. Or go out with that person. Got it? Because the enemy will try to sideline you. Or if you're married... See, see, you may be praying about problems that are arising, children that are yet to be born, things that you're yet to do. And financially speaking, you could be praying about uh, uh, financial things with your home, with vehicles, with equipment at home, with things in the future. If you own a business, with business things, whatever, whatever's going to affect your life in the future, all I'm trying to say is you pray in the Spirit. You're praying about that stuff, and you're praying the perfect will of God. What better way to pray? Question, is there any better way to pray than to pray the perfect will of God? Yes or no? So I want to show of hands to every person in the room who knows the perfect will of God for you in your future. Would you please raise your hand? Good, nobody's dumb enough to raise their hand. That's great. I can't raise my hand. I don't know. 
But see, the key is when you're praying in tongues, you're praying about things that need prayer that have to do with you, your family, and your future. Now, that is cool. So, 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 so I, I can tell you a little bit here. So here's this 45 years and a few months that I pray, and I pray in spirit every day. If you're smart, start off slow. I started with two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and you got to work yourself up. You know, I, I started out jogging years ago. I went an eighth of a mile, got a stitch in my side, quarter of a mile, got a stitch in my side, half a mile, got a, you know what I'm saying? It finally worked up to a mile without getting a stitch in my, my, my side and then was able to jog. And finally, over about a three-plus-month period, uh, I got up to doing running five miles at a time, five miles at a time, uh, 40 minutes, an eight-minute mile. You win the world records, and I wasn't trying to make a world record, but I did run. And, and I found out, you know, you, you, you just keep doing something long enough, your body gets used to it. And so when I was jogging, and this is one thing, when I was jogging, I was thinking, this is hard. This is hard. I got, you know, you hit the wall, you get tired. You know, for me, about mile, two miles, sometimes two and a half miles into it. I was going five miles. I'm tired. I'm hungry. My feet hurt. My head hurts. My butt hurts. I mean, I just hurt. You know, but you know, I don't have any energy. I can't breathe. <gasps> but you kept going, and you hit a wall. It's like you, you get a second wind. Oh, man. And, and see, I learned that. And, and, and see, I took that over into my prayer life. I thought, well, if I can do this physically, I can do this spiritually. So when I hit the wall with my prayer life, it's like, just keep praying. Now, now, now that leads me to another point. Watch this. So everybody okay? Uh, Revelation 110. Uh, John said, because he had a revelation of Jesus, the apocalypsis, the unveiling, that's what the revelation is. And he saw Jesus, but he says, he said this, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. It's up in the air what he meant by the Lord's day, and I'm not going to magnify that. He was in the spirit. What does he mean by being in the spirit? That is, uh, he was on the Isle of Patmos by himself, and he was more conscious and cognizant of spiritual things than natural things. Natural things faded to the side. Spiritual things came to the forefront and he was able to focus in on spiritual things. I was in the spirit. So, so what I'm saying is that here's what I found in praying in tongues. If you do it right and do it long enough, you can get to where natural things kind of kind of lay low and spiritual things rise up and then you become aware of things. You hear what I'm saying? And then you can sense the spirit of God leading you in prayer and it's an amazing journey. So, so when I, and you got to take time to do that to get in the spirit when you pray takes time. So uh, I got this from Kenneth Hagin. I was back, this is back in the probably 76, 77, got a hold of a cassette tape I was still living in Florence, South Carolina. And, um, and he got to talking about praying in tongues. And he said, he prayed in tongues for an hour. And the devil said, and I shared this with somebody this week, uh, you're wasting, you just wasted an hour. And he said, devil, just because he said that, I'm praying another hour. And he prayed another hour in tongues. And he got to the second hour and the devil said, a voice came, you just wasted two hours. He said, devil, just because he said that, pray in another hour. 
And he prayed the third hour in tongues. Then he said, God, the same thing happened. You wasted three hours. He said, well, devil, I'm going to pray another hour. He prayed another hour, four hours in one sitting in other tongues. Then he said, he got to the end of the fourth hour, same thing happened, same voice said the same thing. He prayed five hours, same thing happened, and he prayed, here's what he said, prayed five hours and 45 minutes in other tongues. Now, I can tell you he got dry mouth because that's what happens to me. And uh, he said, but it's like he said, I hit oil. Something happened. I got into another realm I never knew existed. Now, that's my words, not his, but that's what he said. And he said, I became so acutely aware of spiritual things that there was another dynamic in life that, wow, I found it. You know, uh, if you're drilling for oil, you've got to go way down. If you're drilling for water, you've got to go way down. Um, and, and then, you know, just, just think of priming a pump. If you've primed a hand pump with water, you know, a grommet in there has got to, attack, got to catch and create a suction to do that. You pour water, and just a little millimeter or so will cause the grommet to catch on the, as, you're, as you're pressing and create a suction and bring the water up. So you just got to do that for a while. Y'all ever done that? A pump, a hand pump? Well, see, praying in spirit, you got to prime it. And priming it means you got to go there. So here's what I did. Um, Susan worked at, a, she, she was a medical technician, technologist for how long years? Susan, 40, 40 years. Yeah. And uh, in fact, that's what she's doing when I met her. And, uh, and so she's working. Uh, Susan and I are living in Tulsa. I had a day off. Uh, I had a job as a grocery store manager and then got a job at a church as a janitor. I had a day off. So I had a day off. It's like, a, uh, I think it maybe was, a, uh, uh, it seems like a Monday, maybe, maybe a Tuesday. Susan was gone and I had all day. And uh, so I said, well, you know, I, I, and I remember what Brother Hagin said. I'm, I said, I'm going to pray in tongues for a whole hour today. And I got to the end of that. And I prayed, boy, it was hard because I was thinking about the fried chicken in the refrigerators, thinking about we got some Briars ice cream in there, some strawberry. Man, I don't want that so bad. I was thinking about, I got to think about all the things that I need to do around the house, need to straighten my closet, need to, you know, clean the bathroom. I was thinking all this stuff. I said, why is all this coming to my mind? It's praying. I got to the end of it, and I had happened to me what Kenneth Hagin asked, like, you just wasted all your time. I said, you hound dog, I'm going to pray some more. I prayed, listen, I ended up praying, no kidding, I prayed. I really did that day. I'd never done that for three hours, three hours. And y'all, I experienced what Kenneth Hagin experienced. I hit something. It's like, whoa, whoa, this is real stinking good. I want to do this again. And I became aware spiritually of things, and that was just a catalyst. Like, you do that one time, it's like, I want to do that again. You've got to pay a price for spiritual things. And you've got to deny your flesh, deny yourself, and just go do it. Now, you, most of us don't have. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. I have to make time to pray. Do you? But, but what Kenneth Hagin was saying, I'm trying to quickly bring a point, and it's hard to talk about this shortly, but I'm just trying to make a point that you start out, it takes a long time, and then you can lessen the amount it takes to get in the spirit or become more conscious of spiritual things, the natural things. And I've, I was able over the years, so that was, you know, I did that, I think that was probably 1980, um, let me think of the year, probably 81-ish when I did that, and then over the years of time, just every day praying, every day praying in the Spirit, every day, every day, every day, every day, monotonously, every day. Uh, now, 
you know, I got honed it down to where I could, I could become conscious of spiritual things that take me like 50 minutes. And then I got it down to like 40 minutes. Now, and for a long time, it was like 20, 25 minutes. And here just, oh man, I don't have any idea what's happened. But recently, I can just pray a few minutes and there it is. This is real good. And when you get there, I mean, spiritual things get really real. Do you hear what I just said? A fish is created for water. A bird's created to fly. And you're created to be in the spirit with Jesus. You hear me? So question, how many in the room here and watching would be willing to pay the price to get there? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time, some consecration, and some lack of feeling anything. So let me say this, and so does that make sense? And so when you get there, it's just amazing. So when I'm up here leading prayer meetings, for instance, and, and in your prayer time, ask God, there are three spiritual gifts that are for the church, and they're for you personally. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul said to every believer, covet earnestly to prophesy. Did he say it or not? Then he said, forbid not to speak with tongues. Now listen, prophecy is inspired utterance. That is, an inspiration comes from the Holy Ghost. Then there's different, there's a spiritual gift, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 10, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. They're equal to prophecy, although like two nickels make a dime, just the same. Or two $5 bills equals a $10 bill, same thing. You know, it's a little bit more. You got tongues and interpretation equals prophecy. But the key is if you'll say, Lord, when you pray and say, Lord, I ask you, let the, let the gift of prophecy manifest when you want to. And Lord, I ask you, let different kinds of tongues and interpretation manifest when you want to. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 13, let him who speaks or prays in the tongue ask that he may interpret. If you do that, it won't happen every day, but when you need it, it'll happen. And here recently, I've had more of a manifestation than I ever have in my whole life. But I've been working on that for a long, long time. But I'm just saying that when you get there, you'll find out things. I write things in my journal now that I just get in prayer. So let me talk about praying in the Spirit. While you're praying in the Spirit, uh, your, your spirit is engaging God without your mind being involved. And here's what happens. Sometimes, uh, most of the time, uh, you don't get a whole lot while you're praying, but after the fact, thoughts start coming to you. So if you'll spend some time every day praying in the Spirit, for instance, if you get up in the morning, pray, you know, read your Bible, then pray in English, then pray in the Spirit, and then, pray, you know, I'm not talking about time here. I don't care if you got 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Pray in the Spirit. Take some time. When you're in your car, commuting wherever, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You know, when you got free time, pray in the Spirit. You go into the bathroom, pray in the Spirit. I mean, just pray in the Spirit whenever you get. If you'll do that, see, you're sowing to the Spirit. He that sows to the Spirit, Galatians 5 said, will, will reap life everlasting. Isn't that awesome? How many want to reap some life? If you'll do that, here's what happens if you pray in the Spirit a lot. Thoughts from your Spirit come up to your mind. Things that you never ever, ever thought about things you need to do, you know, things you need to pursue, things you need to stop doing, you know, it, it can be about anything. The sky is the limit. I, I, from praying in the spirit, I got that I needed to go, Susan, I need to go to Ramah. 
That was the second Bible school we went to. Praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. I got that I'm moving back to South Carolina in 1988 to start a church. Praying in the Spirit. I knew an already existing church was in the world, and I had no idea it was in Raleigh, but praying in the Spirit, God spoke to me. Already existing church, that was my next assignment. And I just kept, kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. 11 months later, I'm here. There was an already existing church called, uh, wait, wait, it was finally Auburn Christian Church, and I took it over, and that's Victory Church. Isn't that crazy? I got that praying in the Spirit. And, and then a thousand and one things, y'all, things about our kids, schooling our kids, helping our children, having children, buying houses, selling houses, buying cars, ministering to people. It's both natural and spirit, spiritual things. You're praying in the Spirit. You're praying about the whole realm of your life. How many understand what I just said? It's not just, not just spiritual things. It's everything. Uh, you're praying about conversations. Now I'm praying in the Spirit. And, and I have conversations with people. And it's like, okay, wasn't planning for that to happen. But I've been praying in the Spirit sometime before. Either that day or sometimes two days before. And, and a thought came that came while I was talking to that person. I thought, mm-hmm. I prayed about this when I was praying in the Spirit and didn't know it. Now, when you start having that kind of thing happen in your life, you start living a supernatural life. It's not spectacular, but it's supernatural because it's like, how did that happen? How, how did that conversation, how could I have been at that place at that time? You hear what I'm saying? You have amazing things happen, praying in the Spirit. You're praying out the will of God. First uh, Romans 8, 27 uh, when, when we pray in tongues, we're praying the perfect will of God. All things work together for good, Romans eight twenty eight. for those that love God called according to his purpose. That only happens to the people that are praying. Sometimes nasty things happen. Yes or no? Things that are not good, are not the will of God. How can you, how can you, how can you counteract all that praying in the spirit? So I said all that to say, and it took all the time. Praying in the Spirit this year, about whatever changes, and God has hidden. I heard a number of people I listened to have said, God's not talking about what's going to happen, but something's up, and we all feel it. You do too, right? So pray in the Spirit. If you pray in the Spirit, whatever you need to do, however you need to respond, whatever God needs to do for you, your family, your finances, your well-being, He will direct your steps, and I can promise you that. If you pray in the Spirit, any changes that you need to make uh, for life to be what God wants it to be for you, it'll rise up inside you. So two things happen when you pray in the Spirit. Most of the time for me, because I'm a wordsmith, I love words. So God gives me words and words. When I, after I pray in the Spirit, it doesn't happen while I'm praying. Sometimes it does. But many times after I have a season of praying by myself, I'm tooling through the day, doing my work, doing my business, doing my stuff. You know, uh, things float up from inside me. And I, and I think, where did that, that thought come from? And it came from my human spirit, not my head and not from out here. It came from deep inside. It was an intuition, an, 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 an internal sense. You, how many understand what I'm saying? You get that and you get it a lot more when you pray in the spirit. And it becomes not foggy. It comes up fairly clear. For me, it's words. Other times I'm praying, and I have this happen now all the time. You're praying, and, and, and just a person's face comes in front of me, or sometimes a scene. 
You know, you, you imagine something. It's your imagination, and, and the Holy Spirit will use your imagination. You just see things come up in front of you. Um, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it could be a thousand things, of ten thousand things. It'll just, there it is. Many times I have, I see a conversation I'm having with somebody. I see a person's for many, many times. This week, of course, Christine, I had, you came to my mind. I didn't know what was going to happen. So this was already prayed for before this happened. And I asked my mother, now my mother lives with us, and I asked her today, and Christine, I said, uh, Mama, do you, uh, do you pray for a girl named Christine? And she said, yes. She said, I pray for her this week. And I said, that's good, that's good. Now, can I, can I say this? Um, Mira texted me, and I talked to Mira this morning after, Christine, after you called and your mama had died. And so I asked my mama, I said, Mama, do you, and, and my mother said, well, Mitch, and I didn't tell her anything. She said, now this morning, Mitch, I prayed for Mira. Well, Mira ministered to Christina. You see how this works? Huh? It, this, this is crazy, y'all. And uh, now, now my mama prays about all kinds of things, and it would probably freak you out if I told you some things. But anyway, I mean, God uses people like her, and all she does is stay in a room and pray all day. But I'm saying that in your life, when you pray, you're praying about things. If anything's coming up in your life that you need to know about, if you're a praying person and you need to make some adjustments and changes, God will let you know. I have yearnings and desires to do certain things, to stop certain things. Um, I could tell you all kinds of things that Susan and I have done the last few years. I'm not going into any detail, but personal choices we've made with several things in life. And, and we both got it. I got it. I'm praying and this thought keeps coming. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And it won't leave you alone. If you have a thought that keeps coming up, it's, it may be the Holy Spirit talking to you, but that won't happen a lot unless you're praying in the Spirit a lot. How many hear what I just said? So is this practical enough? So I just want to stir you up. If you'll pray, I mean, God will do amazing things. And now we're entering into a season of time that everybody feels pressed. So if we'll pray in the Spirit while we feel the pressure, then God will direct our steps and make a way for us and make the crooked place straight, like you said to Isaiah, and, and we'll walk the path that God's ordained that we walk in, and, and we'll walk right into the presence of God in the rapture of the church. How many got what I said? So, uh, did you get something out of that at all? I could probably, no kidding, spend about two more hours easy just talking about the incidental details of this, it is so crazy. Um, so, so I've talked about these things and I'm closing down. So come on up, uh, Joshua, because it'll make me stop. Uh, in, all the way from, from selling vehicles. I'm talking about natural things, not just spiritual things. Uh, buying houses, selling houses. Uh, what, uh, one time, we, Susan and I bought a house for $25 a square foot. It was <laughs> ultra cheap. And uh, freaked everybody out, and, and the person accepted the offer. I got that thing praying in tongues. This thought kept coming to me, offer that for the house. I told the realtor, she said, there ain't no reason to tell, uh, offer that to the owner. They'll never accept it. I said, by law, aren't you required to do what I am? Well, yeah. Don't you want to be paid? Well, yeah, we'll do it. And we got the house. And she was like, how'd you do that? I said, well, you know, God's good. <laughs> God's real good. Let me say this. I was in uh, uh, Mullen, South Carolina, pastoring a church. 
And Susan and I were trying to buy a house near where our church was. I started a church on Main Street in a little tiny town of 6,000 people. And, uh, and we tried, we were doing our best. This was, uh, this was 1989. Somebody gave us money for a down payment because I spent all my money on the church. And uh, so we were looking around for houses. I mean, I did my, I did my best by a house right around. And we, every house we went to, hired a realtor. It's like, this ain't the place for us to live. We just couldn't find it to be settled on any house in that city. Then we tried nine miles away is another city, Marion, South Carolina. If you've ever been to Myrtle Beach from 95, you've been through Marion. And we looked there, some nice houses, you know, um, you know, for us. And, uh, uh, but we got in there. Mm, 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 mm. I'm praying one day uh, on a Tuesday, and, and I'm just sitting there. And, you know, thinking, and I'm thinking, you know, after I pray, I'm thinking, well, you know, we, we do need to buy a house. We got, we got three kids. And, you know, we, we need to buy a house. Somebody's giving us this money. And, and suddenly a thought come up, we need, we need to buy a house in Florence. I said, that's the dumbest thing I ever thought in my life. Florence is 32 miles away from a church. That's really dumb. Why am I? And, and I went to pray the next day, same thing. You need to call a realtor in Florence. Go look in Florence. 32 miles away. That's your hometown from where you pastor. You need to go over there and buy that house and, and find a house. I said, that's dumb as dirt. That's just really dumb. And, they, and it just kept going on and on. Finally, I said, Susan, I think we need to, I think we need to call a realtor in Florence. Go look in Florence. She said, really? Really? I mean, it's dumb. Like, no. No pastor in a small town would ever buy a house 30 miles away. Not there. All right, not there. You, you, you live around your people. So it's like, you're going to do this, bitch. We hired a realtor, and that's when we bought that house on the cheap. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. On the cheap, y'all. Um, I guess I can tell you, we bought an 1,800-square-foot house for $45,000. Now, that is cheap. That's real cheap. I promise Three bedroom, two bath, two living areas, all that. So anyway, um, and then here's what I didn't. Now listen, here's where praying tongues comes in. If I hadn't obeyed God and heard that by praying in the Spirit, I promise you, in my natural mind, I would have never bought a house in Florence, South Carolina. If I had not bought a house in Florence, South Carolina, I probably wouldn't have come here. Because it's all about connections. And when you pray in tongues, I tell you, you connect to heaven, he'll connect you anywhere you need to be. You get that? So what's impossible with man, uh, man becomes possible with God when you spend time with him. Does that make sense? Does, that, does this encourage you? I mean, y'all, I've had, I could just sit here and just talk about so many things. It's just amazing to me. God is amazing. This building is amazing. You know, whatever's happening in our future, I think it's just going to be amazing. So, so I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about what he's doing. And you need to get excited about what he's doing in you. And you can if you pray. Did y'all get it?